0: Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room. We have a special guest that we're gonna share with you on this program. Uh, Whether you are, whatever time zone you're in, for us, it's afternoon, and we are looking forward for the opportunity to go into this conversation and share some valuable content, and my guest story with you with regards to his success, the books that he's written, and the different things he does so without any further ado let's have that recorded introduction we get back to you shortly our next guest in the breakout room He's a business professional, life coach, yoga instructor, and self development speaker. He's an ex Marine and has served 15 years on active duty. This is our guest. As an author, he has written Whiskey and Yoga. Lighthouse Keeper and Love Letters to the Virgin Mary, the Resurrection of King David. He says he believes that we all have a God inside us and he's got his family to support him. So let's welcome this Prophetical Church. David Richards. So we are live in the breakout room and our guest David Richards is here with us. Welcome, David. How are you doing, man? Andy, I'm
1: doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I wish I were where you were because it would be a little bit warmer and a little bit sunny, (laughs) but uh, it's great to be with you today.
0: Yeah, well, we in the studio, man, and we're going to bring some warmth to the people that are listening. It's going to be a good vibes all the way through. So tell us, David, you have such a varied history with regards to growing up and stuff. You spent three years in Okinawa, Japan, and you've been all over the place and so on, but what was your foundational years like growing up as a young man with your family? How that experience shaped and molded your life to whom you are today?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. So I grew up in the military. My dad was in the Marines here in the United States for 31 years. And so for me, that meant we lived on military bases most of the time. A yeah. military base is a very different experience than living out in the civilian world. Right. And it's a kind of its, its own university or its own city, if you will, because there's everything you need is on base. There's movie theaters, there's grocery stores, there's recreational stuff. It's all there. And... What's cool about living on base is everyone's kind of on the same team because everyone is in the military or supporting the military. Okay. Um, The flip side of that was we moved around all the time. And so for me, that was very um, disruptive to my upbringing, kind of, it took me a while because I would kind of throw myself into relationships, become best friends with people. And then two or three years later, we would move away Mm. and I would never see those people again. And that's, when you're young, you're trying to make sense of that, that's very hard to do. but I also had the good fortune to spend three years on Okinawa, Japan when I was young, and certainly being exposed to Eastern culture and Eastern philosophy at such a young stage in my life was really, really foundational and impactful for me. And just um, living among the Japanese people, going to South Korea, going to the Philippines during that time had a huge impression on me. And so when I came back to the States in the early uh, 80s, uh, way back in ancient history, um, i took a lot of that eastern philosophy and culture with me as i went into my high school years and ultimately that kind of shaped who i am today
0: okay great thanks for sharing david now you are a business professional a life coach yoga instructor self-development speaker Uh, how do you have time to wear all these hats david how do you make time to equally balance your commitment and all these genres all these areas
1: it takes, it takes focus and dedication. It also takes, I've come to appreciate, especially as I've been working on my last book now for three years, it really takes everything you've got. And what I've come to appreciate is growing up, a lot of us compartmentalize our lives. What I mean by that is we go to work and we're one person and then we come home and we're someone else. And then we go hang out with friends and we're someone else. And then we go to church or we go to the mosque, we go to the synagogue or whatever, and we're someone else. Yeah. And as kind of as I was getting, not that I was ready to go into the pandemic, but as the pandemic hit, I was working in my third book. And it really was just a wake up call to me that to live the life you want takes everything you've got. You can't say, I'm going to put all my energy towards this, or I'm, you know, put half my energy towards this and half towards that and be something else, you know, to other people. You have to say, I'm going to shape and sculpt myself and give myself all to what my mission is, my my purpose is. And so um, practically speaking, I only teach yoga twice a week. Um, The speaking is just picking up. I've got a workshop or a a speech that I'm giving at the end of the month. I'm getting ready for a TEDx talk coming up here sometime this year. Um, But it's really just getting focused on who you are and figuring out how you then share your message with your audience or with
0: the world. for sharing um i'm looking at your work and there's a varied amount of commitment with regards to especially the first one with the whiskey and um (laughs) tell us a bit about that because it's a it's a very deep philosophical contrast between whiskey and yoga
1: it really is it wasn't it wasn't what i intended to write uh-huh. and what i mean by that was i got out of the marine corps so i was on active duty for 15 years that you said at, at the beginning and when i got out i was excited because i finally realized for the first time in my life i had the opportunity to be in one place for an extended period of time i wasn't going to be moving every two two and a half or three years yeah um, and so for me that meant that there was an opportunity that i could start writing and i had had some success in high school I had a short story published um, in a state magazine here in north carolina Mm -hmm. i won or received national recognition for that story in a national magazine Uh, i had poetry that won contests but i didn't have the understanding what it took to be a writer when i was growing up and so i joined the marines traveled all around the world and um when i got out in 2006 i was so excited because finally i was like i can write again and so I started working on horror stories because growing up, I loved Stephen King. I loved Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Dracula, some of the classics. Um, And I would get about a hundred pages into a story. And so I was so excited because I had good ideas and they all came from where I lived. Yeah, Because I was finally starting to get a feel for what it was like to live in one place for an extended period and just develop a sense of the culture. But uh, after about 100, 120 pages, I would just lose inspiration for the story. I couldn't make Uh, the characters come to life. And it was just a source of frustration. So I'd go back to my day job of working for a Fortune 500 company Uh and about 18 months would pass. And then I'd get another idea for another story, another horror story. I get so excited and I would do the same thing again. I would write and I'd get about 100, 120 pages written. And the same thing would happen. And this went on for 11 years, Andy. And I was, I was so frustrated. It was just so frustrating and exasperating for me. And then in 2016, right around Christmas time, I read Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich. Right. And if people haven't heard of that book or haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It is a fascinating book. It will change your life. It is. But in the first or second chapter of the book, he asks you, what is your purpose in life? And that question hit me like a sledgehammer because I just, the idea that my life had a compass that I could kind of tune into was just startling to me. And I was blown away. And I remember I grabbed a notebook uh, immediately and I grabbed a pen and I wrote a purpose statement. I said the purpose of my life is to help people find their purpose in life. Ah. I was so excited. And for Christmas that year, someone had given me a a t-shirt I'd been a yoga instructor now for uh, at that point, about ten years, and someone had given me a T-shirt that said "Whiskey and Yoga" on it. Kind of the ironic thing in between those two things.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I said, "That's going to be the name of my first book, Whiskey and Yoga." And I'll help people find their purpose in life. Okay. And uh I wrote uh, for about four months. I started in January 2017. I wrote for about four months. I got 200 pages. I was really excited because I'd never written that much at once. And then I kind of looked at what I had, and it was all autobiographical. And I looked at it, and I still probably had another 300 pages to write. Yeah, and I said, you know what? No one is going to care about how I found my purpose in life. I okay. need to help other people find their purpose in life. All and right. so mm-hmm. I got rid of all 200 pages that I'd written. Wow. I I wrote a 10 chapter outline, uh, and that eventually became Whiskey and Yoga. I wrote it in two months, and it went on to become uh, a number one bestseller on Amazon. So I was really excited. Yeah.
0: Great! Congratulations! Thanks. Thank for you! Sharing. Thank you real fascinating story there, David. And so as a professional businessman, a life coach, a yoga instructor, how did that 15 years in the Marines help you to sort of be more deeply focused, more concentrative in the way you approach uh, that level of discipline that you had to, because you have found a way to create a balance for all these things, and I, I admire you for that. But how much of a role did that 15 years in the Marines play in in the development of the different areas that you eventually end up in?
1: It was huge. Um, But honestly, when I first got out, again, going back to my childhood, growing up in the military, and then serving in the military, I had no experience of what the world was really like, not inside the military. And so when I first got out for probably five years or so, every week after working in my, you know, as an employee for a, a large company, I would kind of reflect on what happened that week and compare it to what I knew from the military. Okay. And part of it was I wanted to distance myself from the military so I could figure out what does it mean to be a civilian or what does it mean to work in, in this space where obviously not everyone dresses the same. Everyone has different opinions, has different goals. And uh, it was enlightening. And for me, I was fortunate that I, the weekend i left active duty i took my first yoga class and it wasn't it wasn't something that i planned i just i read an article in a sports magazine about american professional football players using yoga to strengthen their midsections, their abdomens and so i thought you know what i work out a lot i'll try yoga and the first class was a really kind of gentle class um, and i wasn't sure if it was really going to be something that would benefit me maybe stretching after i lifted weights or something But two days later, I took my next class, and I remember I was probably 30 or 40 minutes into the class, and I was dripping in sweat, and I was like, what is going on? Just from moving around on a mat, I'm pouring out sweat. Um, But it was amazing because it provided me the sense of stillness. And in the military, you train yourself to kind of function in the chaos. Yeah. And if you're in combat, if you're in warfare, or whatever, it's, it's chaos. There's no mm-hmm. structure of how things are going. Things are just right. happening. Right. And so that brings a very real sense of, okay, this is where I focus. Mm-hmm. Shifting to corporate America, it was a different kind of chaos because now it was, there's all this noise coming in and most of it was coming in through the form of email because email is a large way of how we transact business these days. Right. And for me, yoga was kind of this moment of silence that I could achieve and help me start to focus and orient on, okay, if I get 50 email in two hours, how do I know which ones are really important? How do I know which ones I need to focus on to get things done and which ones can I discard? And I gradually began to shape and realize that I'd had the good fortune, I got two master's degrees while I was in the Marines one of those was specifically on how to become an expert in understanding warfare and how to plan campaigns for warfare right and i realized that skill was something that could benefit me in corporate america okay. because a lot of times there is chaos and you just need someone who can say okay this is what we need to get done this is the most important thing in yeah. order to move a project forward yeah. so
0: yeah okay great excellent <laughs> so how did that three years in Okinawa, Japan go for you? I have a, a sort of passion for um, the Far East. One of, one of the things on my bucket list is to get to Kobe in Japan. Mm. <laughs> I want to see the gardens and stuff. What was that experience like for you, three years in Okinawa? So we, we moved there when I was
1: 10 years old. And as a 10 year old kid, it was, Kind of fantastic yeah. in one sense you you live on a military base and so you're surrounded by other american families but you can't obviously you you look outside the base and it's okinawa it's a completely yeah. different culture different people yeah. and we went we spent a lot of time out in town it's also cool because okinawa is an island it's a a, a medium-sized island i would say it's um but It was my first exposure seeing like really beautiful blue water with coral. And the Japanese were very friendly. And it was just fascinating because you also start to see their belief system and you saw statues of Buddha or you'd hear some of their festivals. They have a festival called the Obon Festival, which is to honor their dead. And so at night during those festivals, you would hear these drums beating as they walked through the streets. Uh And it was really, really beautiful and powerful. And just as a kid, you know, I remember that their toys were so much cooler than American toys. <laughs> like they had just so much more detail. Yeah. Their candy was like really intense. Um, but I also fell in love with the sam, the culture of the samurai. And to okay. me, that was, especially growing up in the military, I resonated with the idea of this military ancestor from Japan and what they believed in. And, and so as I came back to the States, I was fascinated by a ninja I read books on the Bushido, the Code of the Samurai, yeah, and yeah. what it meant to them. And honestly, I started meditating. And I was—I uh, remember I was probably 13 or 14, uh, and all my friends, it was, it was a Friday night, all my friends would go to the football game or to the basketball game. And I'd be sitting at home in my parents' living room trying to meditate because I was trying to get in contact with something deeper inside me.
0: Yeah. Fascinating story there, David. The one that I'm really... Want to focus on a bit because um, I'm going to get to the self development speaker stuff in a little bit, but I'm looking at the description of that novel. Um, it says Beauty and the Beast Meets Dante's Inferno, a love story across time. And this is how you describe love letters to the Virgin Mary. Yep. What is the real message there with that comparison of those great writings that you wanna get across to people?
1: Yeah, well, the idea behind the story is it's a man who has kind of been searching for himself uh, his entire life and uh, he finally has kind of lost everything and then the pandemic begins and he sees a picture of a woman on Instagram Yeah. And he realizes that his identity has been trapped inside this picture of this woman. And so he undergoes kind of this journey of the dark night of the soul. And that's where he gets to the place where he realizes that he's a god. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen the recent Planet of the Apes movies that came out, you know, 10 years ago or so, um, the lead ape Caesar has to lead his people into the next generation, kind of the evolution of their species. Right. right. And the same thing is true here. So when I looked at it, it was um, Beauty and the Beast in the sense that it's King David, it's the Virgin Mary, and then it's Dante's Inferno. And it's really, as David kind of goes through his dark night of the soul, he goes kind of into the dark, darkness of the Inferno. Mm-hmm. And the message I say for the audience is how, how deep into the Inferno are you willing to go uh, in order to discover the God within you? Yeah.
0: Wow, truly amazing. So when you get into the realm where you do your your self-development speaking and so on, what is the main message or main focus or areas of challenges that you address so that people can incorporate that message into their sense of awareness and their level of consciousness?
1: It's a beautiful question, Andy. And from my writings, we didn't talk about The Lighthouse Keeper, but Uh uh, The Lighthouse Keeper is my second book was this idea of getting my it came out of my yoga classes and it was nice. it was trying to get my students to look differently at how they viewed life okay and the idea behind it was that your mind is an ocean mm-hmm. and that's where all your memories are everyone you've ever met is in your mind and your awareness or where you place your attention is the lighthouse right most of us develop patterns in our life so the lighthouse just goes around and around those patterns every day and when we want to change we can't understand why we don't change because it's hard to break out of those patterns. And so the premise behind the lighthouse keeper was with focus, with meditation, with willpower, you can start to take control of the lighthouse and direct it to where you want it to go in your, in your mind, in this ocean. Mm -hmm. What I've kind of evolved the idea to is I wanted a fun and exciting way to engage people, to take control of their lives and really master their internal world. And so what I'm really starting to speak on now is living like you're in a movie. And oh. what I mean by that is living like you are the lead character in your own movie. And doing that forces you to ask yourself some very powerful questions. The first question might be, what kind of movie have I been filming up to this point in my life? Mm, is it yeah. a tragedy? Yeah. Is it a comedy? Is it a romance? Is it an adventure? Yeah. And then it also says, well, what's my journey? Where, what, like, where am I going? And if you look at, you know, there's great hero's journeys throughout movies. If you look at Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, if you look at Tony Stark in Iron Man, Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, there's lots of epic versions of the hero's journey. But if you start to live like you're in a movie, not only do you say, okay, what's my script and who's been writing my story up to this point? you also start to look at well who's my supporting cast who are the people that i've surrounded myself with are these people helping me grow Uh or are they holding me back in some way right and then you go further and you say okay what's my soundtrack yes what's the soundtrack and the soundtrack isn't just what music do i listen to but it's what do i listen to who do i listen to Mm -hmm. am i am i looking at this news channel that says the everyone you know it's news channel a and everyone in news channel b is why my country is falling apart or whatever is it again am i listening to people who are encouraging me to grow and music that's encouraging me to grow or am i listening to things that are holding me back and preventing me from fulfilling my destiny
0: right extremely intriguing thank you for sharing david absolutely right so going forward are there any projects on the horizon things that you're looking for to to increase the level of influence you have over the people that would uh, seek out your information for self-development and growth
1: yeah so i am working on a tedx talk I'm uh, hoping to hear some more information on that here in the next couple of weeks, and oh. that should come out later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a sequel, so I am working on a follow-up to Love Letters to the Virgin Mary. Um, very excited about that. I just started working on that this uh, really in the last week or so. And uh, and then just getting out and speaking more and kind of evolving this idea of living like you're in a movie so that once again, people can just enjoy the process of taking control of their life, set just humongous crazy, outrageous goals, and then help them accomplish those goals.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So what have you seen with regards to the people that you're in contact with uh, in your speaking sessions and those who have read your books? What is the feedback that you're getting with the type of influence that your content and your speeches are making on their lives? What's the feedback that's coming to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the clearly the biggest feedback and and really the it's most humbling is when people say that your book has changed my life or what oh. you said had a real influence and changed my life. Yeah, and to see people, I've I've had people who've read my books and and heard me speak who've left their corporate jobs and employee and started their own business and had tremendous success. Yeah. I've had people who have advanced and gotten promoted in their careers um, because that's what they want to do. And it's not that I'm prescribing. This is, what I, this is what you need to do to be successful. It's helping you figure out your own path for success, but it's really about empowering people to live their greatest lives. And the greatest feedback that I've gotten
0: is just the gratitude for helping them see life in a different light. Yeah, great, wonderful. Do you have a mentor, David, someone that, you, that still voice that you look to hear when you need to make certain decisions or choices that come across your life and you're not sure? There's always somebody that we turn to, we go to a kind of go-to person. I'm using the term mental loosely, but is that does that individual exist in your life? Um, there's a couple
1: that uh, I listen to regularly. One of those is Tony Robbins, right. uh, a huge influence in just his yeah. work. Yeah. It's fantastic. Another one would be um, Arthur Samuel Joseph, who is a voice coach. He's a trained opera singer, but he's been helping people. Embody the deepest and most res- strongest part of their voice for over yeah. fifty-five years. Yeah. Um, I would also say Jesus. Uh, I certainly <laughs> got to talk that. to the big man. I love to talk to the big man. <laughs> I hear um, <laughs> uh, But also people like Dean Graziosi is certainly one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Doctor Joe Dispenza, his his work in terms yeah. of understanding quantum physics and how we can use quantum physics to change our environment and and kind of. Remember our future is one of his favorite phrases. He's been tremendously influential influential as well.
0: Okay, great. So let's let's imagine that you have this mega mic and you can speak to 8 billion people, which is roughly the population of the planet Earth at this time. Yep. What would be the most resounding message, the one thing that you'd like everybody to hear at the same time that you would say to them?
1: Yeah, I would say you are only limited by the limits you place on your imagination. Okay. That we live with, when you look at the technology that we have today, Andy, the capabilities we have, I mean, the fact that you and I are connecting across the Caribbean from states is fantastic. Yeah. And we're sending this message out around the world. Right. We live in the most incredible time. And if you focus too much in the external world you and neglect the internal world, that's where people struggle because they're trying to control things outside their experience. Yeah. If you realize that the greatest power you have and will ever need is the power inside you, Mm -hmm. we can
0: transform the planet. Yeah. Amazing. I love that message. What would you say, David, is your most memorable achievement as an individual for you personally? Something that you have achieved for yourself that you could probably tick off your bucket list. Uh, What would that be for you if you had to share it with anyone?
1: Yeah, honestly, for me, it was publishing Whiskey and Yoga. Oh. Um, I had, I hoped it would be a number one book. I was so mm-hmm. excited when it was, but as we talked about, it was an 11 year journey All right. to publish that book. And it wasn't just that it took 11 years. It was me suddenly shifting genres from writing horror stories to now writing self-help books. Mm-hmm. And it was really the obstacle of can I finally finish a book because I hadn't been able to do that for 11 years. And I'd written hundreds of pages of material. Mm -hmm. And I remember I mostly wrote whiskey and yoga during the weekends because I was traveling a lot for work. Okay. And as a result, I just, I remember I would sit down and I would have some anxiety because it was like, what can I write? How much can I write today? And it's funny because last night I've been, I mentioned I was working on the sequel and I wrote 10 pages, nine or 10 pages last night and it was pretty easy to come by. But I remember when I was writing Whiskey and Yoga, if I could write three or four pages in a session, I was happy. Right. And finally when that book came out and when people said, oh my God, this book changed my life, I was, uh, in some ways I was overwhelmed because I realized I exposed, you know, I was vulnerable in Whiskey and Yoga in a way that I hadn't planned on because I wasn't, when I wasn't gonna write, I wasn't writing personal development, I was gonna focus on horror stories. But I realized when we're vulnerable with people, that's how we connect with people. And so each one of my books shares a different level of vulnerability with the reader.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So David, let's say you were approached by some young aspiring writers and they decided that they were going to choose you as the individual to help them develop their skill and their ability to find information, do research and stuff. What are some of the things that you would say to them that would help them to be successful yeah the biggest the
1: the two biggest things that come to mind andy are the first one would be that you have to learn to write with a pen and paper
0: okay
1: and there's just there's something magical that happens when you pick up a pen and you use your handwriting and write something down and if you want to sharpen your mind to become a writer Uh uh-huh You know, I work in my last book. I wrote over a thousand pages of journal entries trying to figure out how to tell the story. And I still have all those journals. I never look at them, but that information is there. The other thing I would say, and what most writers struggle with, and I certainly, I know I did, Mm -hmm. was we have an internal editor. And we think that if we're going to write, it needs to be perfect. And so you have to silence that editor. And one of the best um, remedies I found for that is Uh, There's a a great book called Writing Down the Bones. I I forget the the author's name, but in the book, one of the exercises she gives you is put a timer on your phone, set it for like three or four minutes, Mm -hmm. grab a pen and paper. And when the timer starts, just write, don't edit yourself. Don't let the pen come off the page. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't worry about spelling. Don't worry about grammar. Just write. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, Andy, the first time I did that, I was blown away because I remember the first sentence I wrote was, I don't know why I'm doing this. This this feels weird. And when the timer went off, I'd written four pages. And I was like, where did that information come from? And it just poured out of you. And what happens is as you continually kind of build that muscle, then when you sit down to write, it just flows and you don't have to think of what am I going to write. And more than that, you trust the process of what I'm going to write is gonna produce something. I'm not sure what it's gonna produce, but let me see where it takes me. And that's the journey that every writer wants to go on is you wanna produce something and kind of just let the pen take over so that you come up with a beautiful
0: story. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing, David. I appreciate that. So let's say going forward that you can create this, this wonderful sequel. What kind of success are you looking for with regards to the impact that it's gonna have on the people that would do or read the follow-up to Letters to the Virgin Mary. What is the expectations with the sequel?
1: Yeah, so I was talking to a friend of mine about it over the weekend, Uh and if you, um, I would say if you look at it from Star Wars, I grew up on Star Wars, it's pretty well known. And the original Star Wars was A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. And there's a very nice story arc. And I'm assuming a lot of people have seen Star Wars, but I don't want to ruin it for people. Wow. But this book is um, really kind of the empire. This is the empire strikes back version of the book. And I don't fully know what that means yet because I'm only about 50 pages in, All right. but I know it's meant to build on the message in terms of what love letters to the Virgin Mary started with. And make it more understandable and accessible for people and just get people like how did when you read when you read love to the virgin mary it's an extraordinary story it's captivating it's got superheroes in it i mean it's it's next level yeah and so this book is really meant to build on that and say okay what does it mean for this planet that the people in this story inhabit and how do they move forward knowing that there's this divinity and this we're all gods and that's kind of yeah. the evolution of the species yeah
0: great Thank you for sharing. I'm gonna share something with you. It's about a minute and when it's done, I just wanna get your feedback on it. Okay. Hey everyone, it is David Richards. I'm so pleased
1: to announce that Love Letters to the Virgin Mary has already gone number one in at least one category on Amazon. The book went live today on barnsandmobile.com as well. Next week I'm planning a nationwide blitz across newspapers to promote the book before the holidays. As a reminder of what I shared yesterday, my plan and goal of chat book sales, oh, sales to two charities, the one world. receipt. Yes, Story the with you. ending sex across the globe. And the second one, the Project, <laughs> is focusing <laughs> on helping. You. The book is only gonna be 99 cents from now until Christmas Day, the e-Kindle version of the book. So if you haven't already, please purchase a copy. Share this note, share this message with your friends and your community and your network and let's make this the best Christmas ever. Thank you so much.
0: All right, so (laughs) I just had a cross from the the original uh, Facebook because I was looking at the comments there, but I just want you to get a feedback, uh, give us a feedback on that that wonderful output that you made there with regards to um, Letters to the Virgin Mary. How did you feel at that point in time when you were reaching out to the people? Well,
1: it's, you know, it's interesting. I remember when uh, The Lighthouse Keeper came out and someone asked me, do you write for your audience or do you write your own kind of thing? And I get that you want to connect with the audience, but at the same time, you want to give them something to think about. And for me, Love Letters to the Virgin Mary was, and still is, the most beautiful, the most powerful the greatest love story that I can imagine. And to share that message, to do it, I released the book on December 8th, which uh, for those of you who are of the faith, know that is the day that uh, Catholics celebrate as the Feast of the Immaculate Conception when the Virgin Mary was conceived. Um, but it really, it's meant to inspire hope. And I know, you know, particularly in the United States, there's a large part of our population that has become overly focused on what happens in the media and what happens on our political environment is, is really chaotic sometimes. And this book is really meant to be a reminder that as we talked about earlier, Andy, the greatest gift you have is already inside you and you just have to have the courage to go find it and make it, bring it to the light of the world. So reaching out to people was really a call to say, this book isn't just about me wanting to get sales it's about me wanting to connect with people and the two charities that I'm supporting Marisi.org is focused on stopping sex trafficking across the world. And then the wounded warrior project uh, as a veteran is near and dear to my heart uh, because it helps um, veterans who are combating PTSD or other um, injuries that they've suffered during their time in service. Uh, But really, uh, the the story is meant to be uplifting and inspirational and just help people believe in something greater than than themselves, but inside themselves at the same time.
0: Yeah, wonderful. I I need to commend you, David, for having the the desire and the heart to give back with those two charitable foundations. I mean, that's extremely important, something that a lot of us miss in the process. Um, In terms of the way that people seek to make changes in their life, what would you say is the biggest challenge towards folks making that paradigm shift and being able to come to the place where they can really unlock their true potential? Plenty of us struggle with that, but what do you think is one of the the main or basic hindrances towards people unlocking their true potential? Some of us just can't seem to get it done at all.
1: It's what I like to call, the easiest answer to that, Andy, is what I like to call pattern interrupt. Okay. And we talked about the lighthouse and how people form these habits. And what happens is if you want to break a habit, you have to replace it with something else. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to stop eating sweets or I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. And the more you focus on it, the harder it becomes. And I know I've done that before where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to have cupcakes or chocolate cookies or whatever but the more you keep at it or focus on it, the more you attract it into your life. So you have to shift and say, okay, it's not just that I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. It's anytime I'm thirsty, I'm going to go get water. And that comes from pattern interrupt, because a lot of times when we form a habit, it becomes unconscious. It becomes an unconscious habit. And that's the whole premise behind yoga is to become more conscious. So let me give you a great example of pattern interrupt. Mm -hmm. Um, For, I've been driving a car now for, I don't know, 30 something years, 30, I don't know, 40 years or whatever. Um, and most of the time when I get into the car or what it used to be before anyway, the air conditioning would be on and the radio would be on. Okay. And so I wanted to interrupt that pattern. I wanted to become more conscious of what I was doing and who I was being at any moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And so what I started doing probably about 10 years ago was before I got out of the car, I would turn the air conditioning off. Okay. And then when I got in the car, I would have to turn it back on. And that's a great example of pattern interrupt, because now it's like, I have to consciously do this. So if you ever realize that there's a pattern that you have that you want to break, you first have to become conscious of what the pattern is. Once you understand what it is, you can say, okay, how can I use this pattern to shift my behavior and shift my habit and create a new pattern that's going to help me live the life that I want, you know, stop going, you know, stop eating bad, stop drinking bad, start going to the gym, start doing, you know, reading more, whatever
0: the case may be. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Uh, we have a couple yeah. of by uh, John Campbell. I just want to share it with you. The first one is that he says, unlocking the potential in us is really important. And I know that echoes with you. And then he went on to say, shaping and molding the mind amidst the manipulation around us is really a daunting task. <laughs> What's your response to that?
1: We live, um, we're drowning in information and starving for wisdom. Yeah. I mean, today, you know, I think back to when I was growing up. If I wanted to, I'm a big military history buff, especially Western history, uh, obviously because of my time in the Marines. Right. But If when I was growing up, if I wanted to know who the first three emperors of Rome were, who ruled the Roman Empire first, I could maybe ask my dad. He might know. I could go ask uh, if we had encyclopedias, which if people don't know, those are a bunch of collection of books that you had at your house and would have information. They might have it. Otherwise, I would have to go to the library. And if I was to the point where I didn't have a car yet or I wasn't old enough to drive, I had to wait on someone so that I could go to the library. And then at the library, I had to go to the card catalog and check something out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And hopefully they had a book that had the information.
0: Right. But
1: that whole process, Andy, could take weeks.
0: Yeah. yeah, It could
1: literally take weeks to find out that simple information that now, thanks to these devices and the computers were on, I can literally find out in seconds. Right. The challenge that I see today is We are drowning in information and starving for wisdom. We are getting so much information and we have so much easy access to it, but you have to discipline yourself. You can't doom scroll on Instagram or Facebook. You have to really be focused on how am I using the technology to shape who I am, shape who I want to become and influence and impact the lives of others, not how is the technology using me so that I'm wasting 20 or 30 minutes of my life because... I'm caught up in funny animal videos on Facebook or whatever the case may be. Does that make sense? Cause it's a great, it's a great observation. Yeah. It resonates.
0: Yeah. So I let them know that. And so we have come to the end of a very fascinating and intriguing episode right here on Andy's personal development in the breakout room with our guests, David Richards, business professional life coach, yoga instructor and self-development speaker. So David, we're going to give you a minute or so to share your information with the people with regards to how they can make contact with you, how they can get your books, if they need you for speaking engagements. Uh, And that sounds really interesting to me, how they can make contact with you, how they can get your books and reach out uh, on the social media handles.
1: Andy, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. So. I am available at www.davidrichardsauthor.com. That's my website. My books are available there. If you want to come speak to you uh, or your business or a group of people, you can uh, reach out to me on my website. Um, I'm also available on Instagram at davidrichardsauthor. It's Lifting the Hammer on Facebook. So that ties into um, Love Letters to the Virgin Mary, but you can find me on Lifting the Hammer. And then if you are of the professional sort, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, under David Richards.
0: Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. So there you have it, folks. That's the information. You can make contact with David anytime he'll be available. And I'm sure he'll be able to help you in some areas of unlocking your true potential and discovering that higher sense of self-awareness that we all aspire to as we continue to struggle with the daily challenges we face in this life. So, until next time, this is Andy and our guest, David Richards, saying so long, Godspeed. Please remember the three watchwords, seek always for health, happiness, and prosperity. God bless. Namaste. Until next time. Bye for now.